your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Live Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Thomas Welch. And I'm Josh Hyman. And we got a fun one for you today. We're going to be breaking down uh, the blues injuries. There's a lot of news that came out about some players returning to play, what kind of progress they're making in their path of returning to play. Uh, Just some assorted blues news in that regard. And we're also going to be talking about the new contract ESPN has with the NHL and how that could affect the NHL. Moving forward, I'm excited. You're excited, Josh. Everyone's excited. But what I'm also excited about is that this episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, Josh, I know you saved the tweet earlier. We were talking Mm -hmm. about it a little bit before the podcast, but it sounds like we have an update on Robert Thomas, Jaden Schwartz, Colton Pareko, and Tyler Bozak all potentially... um, Returning or not returning to play soon, uh, give us the updates on yeah. that ordeal. So heading down the list, starting off first and foremost, Tyler Bozak is good to go. Would have been in the lineup uh, tonight at the time of recording against LA if that game had not been postponed. Same thing with Jacob De La Rose. Um, Berube said, I believe, if we needed him, he'd be ready to go. So two guys there that are ready to come back. Jaden Schwartz is, quote, making great progress, according to Doug Armstrong. Sounds like there's a decent chance he could return Wednesday as well. Um, Robert Thomas is starting to skate, and Sunday, March 21st, would be the six weeks since his injury, and that was the, that would be the end of his four- to six-week timeline for reevaluation. So he could be back sooner rather than later as well. Um, Pareko, they've said he's been making some solid progress, but he has yet to skate, which, so it's it's not, not a whole lot of news there. We really don't know much with Pareko, but other than that, there's some really big names that look like they could be returning in the next week or so, which could be huge for this team because they're, they're in a bit of a rough patch right now. Which I did, which they're not. They had a seven game point streak and they had one bad game, but still. Just kind of touching on Colton Pareko a little bit. Uh, we talked about it before the podcast how he was never placed on long term injured reserve. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that kind of coincides with the whole conversation of something that's just been lingering there and not really something that uh, he needs healed, I guess, but might be something that he needs to get to a point to where he's comfortable playing again and not have to grit his teeth every time he uh, makes a turn or bangs a body. Um, and I think moving forward, I don't really know what that means for the expansion draft, but uh, in terms of the off season, if he does need surgery, if it is a herniated disc, if it's his back problem, and that's leading to different problems, um, that could essentially be problematic for this team. And I think yeah. problematic for him as well because of the contract that's looming. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a tough conversation to have. It's never one that you want to have about any player, especially one of uh, Colton Pareko's caliber, but I do think, again, looking back to the beginning of this injury, the fact that he wasn't placed on long-term injured reserve and the fact that he hadn't been practicing, it's really obvious that it is something that's sort of lingering and is just a matter of getting to the point where he's comfortable skating. It's not like a sprained ankle where, oh, yeah, you know, in six weeks, it's, you know, you're you're out, you're in the clear, injury's healed. It's not, it doesn't sound like it's something that needs to, like Tommy said, heal. Um, but it's definitely something that we're going to have to keep an eye on moving past this season because, it's not like there was an incident that, you know, tweaked it worse. It's just at some point in the season, he must have sat down with Ruby or Ruby sat down with him, vice versa, and said, I can't play right now. So whether that's something that is going to be addressed in this offseason or not, 
I don't think we know yet because we don't know all the details, but I definitely think there's there's reason for, for caution moving forward with Pareko, especially with, like you said, the expansion draft, the contract coming up. It's, it's not a situation that either side wants him to be in. So I, I wish the best for him. He's a damn good player, and he's a huge piece of this team moving forward. Yeah, and I think it's interesting thinking about, in retrospect, how at, at the, in the preseason we were all talking about how uh, Colton Pareko was finally going to step up into the number one defenseman mm-hmm. role. Uh, he's assistant captain. Got the A on his jersey. It's going to be a big season for him. Uh, obviously, it's not been the season that he's hoped for because a lot, as a lot of that has been due to the injury um, and his play because of that. Like it's it's hard to play when you're not feeling a hundred percent, much less when you're probably feeling less than eighty five percent. So that's not great in that regard. But what we did see is an absolute revelation in a defenseman in Justin Falk. Um, and it just looks like his contract, which we're sitting at seven years, six point five million uh, at the time when he signed with the team. Uh, so moving forward, I think this season he's he's been no- yeah he's been nothing short of remarkable. He's been lights out every night, uh, exactly what you expect from a number one defenseman. Uh, and the narrative around him has completely changed. And I know Gibbs has loved singing his his praises uh, since the time that he got here. So shout out to him and the mm-hmm. Falketeers and all of that. But uh, it really is, dude, just a, a complete 180 from the last couple of seasons uh, we've seen from him, even when even dating back to his time with uh, the Hurricanes. I think this is his best season that he's had in a long time by far, uh, and he could very well be the number one defenseman that the Blues would have been or are searching for uh, in Alex Petrangelo's absence. Yeah, I mean, any time that you have a guy in the Norris conversation, it's something to be really psyched about um but tenfold when it's a guy like justin falk who was probably not probably who was public enemy number one up until he started scorching the earth this season um so a a turnaround like that is is unprecedented but it's 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 one of the things that we talked about at the beginning of the year when we said the blues almost have too much depth in in a good way in the sense that I think the reason why the team was comfortable sitting Pareko down when they did and, and shutting him down in the middle of the middle of the season like that was just because of the emergence of Justin Falk and because of you know a guy like Tori Krug stepping up as well. I, I think that the reason why they they kind of were pushing Pareko to play was because the team was a little worried about the defensive depth with with you know Falk's lack of consistency last year. I think there was a lot of reason for concern with the defense of this team, um, but. I think the emergence of Justin Falk made that a really, really easy decision to just say, all right, Colton, take as much time as you need. The defense will be fine without you. And then it'll just be like making a trade whenever we get, we get him back. So it's, it's been a blessing in disguise. I think the the increased role for Justin Falk as a result of Pareko's struggles this year. And it's hopefully will when both of them are at full strength, it'll pay off in the long run. Yeah. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you talked about concerns around the defense, because I think, uh, going into the season, everyone just kind of expected our defense to take kind of a step back, especially once they figured out like there was a learning curve and all of that stuff and guys fitting into the system. But I do think those concerns were magnified against a very dynamic Vegas team uh, over the weekend. So after this break mm-hmm. and a word from our sponsors, we're going to get into that. So don't go anywhere. All right, Josh, I don't know about you, but for me, I think the second game in this Vegas series might have been the most physical game I've seen from the St. Louis Blues 
uh, all season long. Obviously, they didn't come out uh, victorious uh, or on the right side of that performance by any means, but I think Dakota Joshua laying that hit on oh Ryan Reeves oh, and then fighting. Uh, I forgot who he fought, but just fighting right afterward, dude, that was electric as all hell. And that's that's the kind of stuff you love seeing from young guys. Yeah. And I, I think that's a big reason why Keith Kachuk likes him so much. Well, I mean, look, we... <laughs> Uh, for the seems like the millionth time Tommy and I are forced to bite our tongue and say a guy that we have never mentioned before is making an impact on this team and that goes back to the beginning of the year when we were talking about the depth of this team and we mentioned what seemed like 50 different names of guys that could contribute and I don't think I've thought about Dakota Joshua's name since however long ago he was added to the roster you know years ago and that's just another example of this organization and this play style benefiting pretty much any player who's willing to work their ass off for a spot because you know josh dakota joshua hasn't shown elite skill or anything like that but because he hasn't needed to he laid out the toughest guy in the nhl and then fought someone immediately after that's uh, speechless honestly um no but moving on just talking about that vegas game in general i think the first thing that needs to be said is there are certain teams and certain players in this league that if it's up to, you know, on a certain night, if it's up to them, they're winning. And and Marc-Andre Fleury and the Vegas Golden Knights are one of those examples. Um, we saw one of the probably greatest goalie performances the Blues have faced in a long time, you know, dating back to last season, the year before Marc-Andre Fleury was unreal in that game. Um, it just looked like every single puck coming his way, you know, didn't break a sweat to make a stop. So, First things first, that was, I don't want to say an unwinnable game from the start, but they were in a deep, deep hole just because Marc-Andre Fleury, who I guess was, took took the the false positive COVID test a little personally. Um, <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Uh, and, and decided to to prove that he he, he belonged in that game. So just right, right from square one, the Blues were battling in an uphill battle. Um, again, especially with a guy like Billy Huso, who's been very, very shaky early in games. Uh, continued to be shaky early in that game, um, and the offense again down half their half of their team. You know, it, offense struggled, and then we were down our best three penalty killers. Penalty kill struggled. All things that can be chalked up to the injury bug and the way that this team has just been getting hammered lately with with health concerns and injury issues. So, uh, people on Twitter call claiming the Blues aren't going anywhere in the playoffs or are a 500 team at best if you don't count overtime losses. The Blues had a seven-game point streak heading into that loss. Like, stole a get, stole a point against Vegas as let's, well. Let's 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 that. lower the let's lower the pitchforks a little bit. Yeah, and I think I think that's one thing that I've noticed on uh, Blues Twitter a lot. And so I think I tweeted out there like I don't I don't know maybe Vegas is just good at hockey because a lot of times even if we go up against like world beaters. And I'm not saying Vegas is unbeatable by any means, but Mark Andre Fleury playing the hockey is right now. Mark Stone playing the hockey is right now. I mean, those guys are probably like individually across all skaters in the NHL, probably like top ten in terms of like a hot streak right now. So anytime you run into a team like that that's already structured towards success and has two of their best players firing on all cylinders. And obviously we got a guy in David Perron who has been pretty hot as well. Um, but I don't know if he matches the caliber of a guy like Mark Stone, who besides Ryan O'Reilly probably would have won the Selkie trophy a couple of years ago. A guy like Mark Andre Fleury, who 
uh, is probably on his way to a Vesna trophy this year. So uh, it's a, like I said, it's an uphill battle from the get go against Vegas. And then having those two guys playing the hockey that they are um, with the blues roster decimated, like it is, it's, it's a difficult path to navigate and seeing a lot of people on Twitter being like, well, this blues team just showed us that they're incapable of hanging with the big dogs. And uh, the defense was terrible. And just like breaking down, like everything that went wrong for the blues. It's like, I, you got to give Vegas a little bit of credit because right. they did a lot of things right. Their forecheck forced the Blues to make turnovers on defense. Um, and that's kind of why we saw the relapse into the defense we saw earlier on in the season. It's not really that they were playing terrible because we weren't playing the Sharks. We weren't playing the Kings. We weren't playing teams that were lower to caliber. It was just uh, I'm not sure if they were ready for the level of aggressiveness that the Vegas Golden Knights brought. Yeah, it. it- it's something that's going to wear on any team. Like like you said, they're getting decimated with injuries. It's something that's going to wear on any team. And eventually you're just going to, you're just going to reach that point where you're unable to match the energy of a team that brings 200% energy on a certain night. Just, just because of the structure of a hockey season, especially this hockey season where they're playing at, you know, at a much higher rate, you know, I don't know how many games and how many days or whatever, but these guys aren't getting as much rest as they're used to. They aren't getting as much practice as they're used to. There are going to be times when we see um, the Blues blow out teams that look really, really bad, look a lot worse than they are. And then there are going to be times when the Blues look a lot worse than they are because that sort of thing catches up with them. I A lot of people are saying that was one of the worst losses the Blues of, they can remember the Blues. Worst loss of the season. I disagree. I, I think that there were infinitely more positives in that game than there were in any blues game in the first 10 or 15 games of the season even the games that we won the blues looked better in that that loss against vegas than they did in any of their first few games of the season when they were still figuring it out it's just a matter of they ran into like tommy said the probably potential vesna winner playing one of his best games of the season and one of the best players in the league in mark stone playing one of his best games of the season and also the vegas golden knights being one of the best teams in the league that's gonna happen you know, Tampa Bay loses games 5-1. Vegas loses games 5-1. St. Louis loses games 5-1. But speak, I don't think that you can say that this game says anything about the Blues' playoff chances or anything like that because of all the points we just made and the fact that their roster is about 50% full strength at this point. Yeah, I could think of a couple games against the Arizona Coyotes that were a lot more aggravating than <laughs> than these than both of these losses against the Vegas oh, Golden Knights. In, so, in the one month I, where we only played the Coyotes, yeah, that I was dude, fun. that's just brutal. But I I do think, uh, like we talked about, this team this team is still capable of making the playoffs, um, especially from the report today and hearing that a lot of these guys are on pace to come back soon. Um, obviously, it's still a big piece out in Colton Pareko, but getting guys back like Jaden Schwartz, getting guy like Robert Thomas, Tyler Bozak even. Uh, obviously, he's not like one of the top point getters and not one of the most lethal offensive powers on this team, uh, but his depth just kind of, it brings everything else together. It brings that third line together, and that's kind of been a crucial part for this team uh, where they've struggled, it almost seems like, all season long. They keep trying to put different pieces on that third line so they produce, and it hasn't really come around. But I think Tyler Bozak, especially because he was on that line with Pat Maroon and Robert Thomas in the playoffs, it feels like he's kind of the catalyst of that third line. So slotting him back into that position, uh, I I feel like could be massive for this team. Um, so I, I wouldn't underestimate his return to play. <clears throat> yeah, and it's also important to note that like whenever you get a guy back from injury, not only do you gain that player's skill sets 
it also helps players that have been playing out of their typical role as a result of these guys. So Tyler Bozak coming back and filling in that spot perfectly on the third line means that every other line gets a little bit more balanced. And, you know, guys that were playing the penalty kill that don't typically play the penalty kill don't have to anymore. And guys that were playing with guys that they don't typically play with don't have to do that anymore. So not just Tyler Bozak, but as this team gets back to full strength, I think not only will we see improvements out of, you know, those guys in general because they haven't been playing, but I think a guy like Jordan Cairo might get a little bit a little bit more back towards his his former um his former offensive ways just because he's no longer going to be the main focus of opposing defenses because he's one of the only players that's actually been playing in the NHL more than one season. So it, it it's going to it's going to help the team in so many ways getting getting these guys back from injury, not just getting those names back but every other player is going to improve as well yeah just basically realigns every realigns all the other lines like you were getting at but mm-hmm. i do kind of want to touch on uh jordan Cairo for a second because for sure. I, I did see a lot of jordan Cairo slander after i think it was the first game against vegas Unacceptable. uh where he he was kind of directly responsible for two goals but okay bear with me here right uh we're talking about a guy here who it's essentially his first like full season with a significant amount of ice time in the NHL and you're slotting him in on the first line and uh, most of the games we've played against have been like the Kings, the Sharks, and the Ducks and like those bottom feeder teams that don't really have the star power that Vegas has. And I get what you're saying unacceptable like being directly responsible for two goals. Oh no, I'm great. saying Jordan Kyrie Slander look- is unacceptable. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, well, no, it doesn't no, look no, great no, on your resume no. anytime you're di- directly responsible for two goals. But keep in mind, this dude is 22 years old, I believe. Uh, he's still finding his way around the league. And like I said, his first full season with a lot of ice time in the NHL, slotting him in on the first line and asking him to guard Mark Stone. Uh, asking anyone to guard Mark Stone that's a veteran in the NHL and is like 26, 27 in their prime of their career, that's a tall task. You're so, still going to struggle, uh, right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So just maybe lay off on the dude a little bit. Give him give him a chance to learn from his mistakes instead of just crucifying him right mm-hmm. away. Uh, I think he'll be fine in the long run and will have a fantastic career as a St. Louis Blue. Yeah, yeah, and, and like you, first of all, like I like I said, unacceptable Jordan Cairo slander. Not not the two giveaways. Those happened against Mark Stone. Just want to clear my name real quick. No, but but like I said, getting a guy like Jaden Schwartz back from injury all of a sudden Jaden Schwartz is up against Mark Stone and not Jordan Cairo and Jordan Cairo has Jordan Cairo has more time to produce on offense because he's not chasing Mark Stone around the ice the entire night um or Jordan Cairo sorry um but yeah it, it's just gonna be one of those things where the 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 ripple effects are almost gonna be more more impactful than just getting a guy like Tyler Bozak or Jaden Schwartz back from injury you know because everybody on the team feels the effects of being this many men down Everyone's working a little bit harder than they than than they'd be like to. Everyone's you know playing out of out of their typical role, guarding guys they don't typically defend, playing on lines they don't typically play on. So it, it's 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 looking good for the next few weeks for the Blues. Um, and- it is, and even even the game being postponed tonight. Like obviously, as Blues fan, we all want to watch the games. We all want to we all want our team to have a chance at redemption and be like, okay. Well, now they can go out and actually like stick it to uh, this team and kind of show that what happened against Vegas is not the team that they are. But at the same time, giving these guys as much rest as possible, uh, I think will bode well in the long run. I think Zach Sanford talked about it today. It seems like everything that's gone wrong in this season that could possibly go, go wrong has gone wrong. 
Um, but I do think giving them, even we talked about it when they had that, I think it was a four-day break between games to let the other teams kind of catch up uh, in terms of games in hand. But uh, giving these guys as much rest as possible, because if you even look across the league, it's not just the Blues. I mean, it is the Blues are definitely probably the most injury-ridden team across the NHL. But there's a lot of other, like, big, like, Jack Eichel is out. Uh, Roman Yossi's out for the Predators. And a lot of a lot of key names have gone down. Um and I think that's directly to, to the due to the amount of games that have been played uh, in such a short amount of time. So, like I said, giving these guys as much rest as possible between games, uh, letting them heal in preparation for the next games, especially with the month of April coming up because it's going to be an absolute gauntlet against some pretty stellar teams and a Minnesota team that looks like they're on fire with Dalabil Carell, but... Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a long stretch at the end here, but I'm excited to see how it goes. Hopefully, the Blues have enough energy to pull through. And if you need a little bit of more energy in your daily routine, you gotta go to BuiltBar.com because they are the best tasting protein bars you'll ever have, and they're doing a Built Bar madness right now. Whoa, so we've been we telling you, what's the matchup? We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the most amazing, low calorie, low sugar. High protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all their bars. So now is the time to find out which built bar is the best. Today's like, matchup it's is. Me choose which one of my children is the, is the best. You can't do get that. A little drum roll here. Toffee almond versus mint brownie. Oh, Josh, I know okay, you like that okay, mint brownie. Okay. I know you look, like that mint brownie. Look, look when you when you have my favorite flavor in a matchup, it's gonna win. Mint brown. It's game over. That's it. I'm sorry. I I can't I can't get past like even just toffee almond like coming out of your mouth. It sounds like I'm trying to use like a Boston accent, but I'm not. Like that's just how you pronounce the word. A little toffee almond. How are you? Is that your Boston accent? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's not great, but I tried. Um, <laughs> you park your car in the yard. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I think this has got to be an easy dub for mint brownie. Uh, but if you disagree, you got to go vote. To cancel out my vote, um, and you can go vote at builtbar.com mm. or at built underscore bar on Twitter. Remember to use the promo code locked fifteen. Get fifteen percent off your next order. That is locked fifteen. To get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Unfortunately, you cannot bet on who will be the best tasting protein bar. But you can bet on a lot of other things. And if you are going to bet, you got to go to BetOnline.ag. Because BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, the NHL, and March Madness... It's about to be in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. And Josh, I believe Locked On, the Locked Ooh. On Network, is doing a March Madness bracket challenge. So if you go to ESPN oh, and search Locked On Podcast Network, 
you you can you can stack up against us and see how your brackets do. I haven't turned one in yet. I know you're a big March Madness guy. Mm. Uh, I'm more of the guy being like, well, they have a cooler mascot, so I'm gonna pick them. <laughs> but but <laughs> hey, I, sometimes it works, man. I did pretty well last or not last year, the year before that. I uh, got pretty far and picked a couple of upsets, but who knows? It's really just a crapshoot. It's it's gonna be fun. I I'm a big fan of March Madness. I'm a little I'm still salty about last year. I think uh, my my buddy has a shirt. The Maryland Terrapins would have won the 2020 national championship because they would have. We had a good team last year, but I digress. Yeah, it's gonna be fun this year. Definitely, definitely see if you guys can stack up against us. And one more thing before we wrap up today's episode, um, Locked On Blues has partnered with or Locked On in general, has partnered with a little app called Locker Room. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically a live chat sort of feature. So me or Tommy can go live and like a live podcast, basically. There's a live chat that you guys can um, can chat Almost in like an audio questions. Zoom call. Yeah, almost like an, almost yeah. like an audio Zoom call. You can also um, request to speak and get your voice heard and ask us questions to have a good old conversation. If there's some big hockey news, we can launch that quick and easy so i don't know if tommy's made an account yet but if you have the locker room app it's only on ios right now but you can follow me same as my twitter handle at josh hyman nhl um and we'll be tweeting out whenever we do go live with that probably about once a week but it's gonna be a whole lot of fun it's basically gonna be a live podcast you guys can ask us questions um about whatever games or news is going on and then afterwards we're probably gonna clip up that audio and put it into a future podcast episode so if you want to have yourself live talk talking to us live make it into a podcast download the locker room app and give me a follow and give tommy a follow whenever he gets around to making an account yeah i think i do have an account actually oh, so it's 12 or 15 if there you want to sauce me a follow but yeah we'll sometimes we might not even that. talk about hockey we could get on there and talk about uh how much i like blue cheese and coleslaw so no it, you never know what you're gonna get with the locked on blues podcast and locker room is an extension of that um what we didn't expect to get was an ESPN contract uh, with the NHL. Um, so I think just kind of rounding out the episode with that, Josh, what are your thoughts about the future of the NHL now that they will be airing on ESPN once again? I, I, where do I start? Uh, first of all, Gary Thorne's epic calls on NHL 09 ring, Gotta through, happen. My, ring through my ears. I need it back. I need, need it, back it back so bad. No, but even 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 not even if we don't get a guy like Gary Thorne back, transition to ESPN means more coverage, means more popularity, means Stephen A. Smith saying dumb things about hockey players. I am so excited. <laughs> no, Max Kellerman, Connor McDavid is nothing without Leon Draisaitl. Game on, I game did. on the line. I, Puck I on the cannot stick. wait. I want, I want me Ryan Nugent Hopkins taking the shot. <laughs> Give me, I want Iguodala. <laughs> What's the, the full, oh my, de- Death Laser, oh my Death God. Laser pointed at Earth. Says you need to make a three-point <laughs> shot. Oh Steph, Steph Curry or Iguodala, give me Iguodala. That was Max Keller, but still. Yeah. We'll get him still, too. Yeah, I need, I need it in my life. And I do can think. Can you imagine like Sunday morning putting on first take, hearing Max mm, Keller and Stephen A. Smith talk going nuts about, about last yeah, night's Yeah, Matthew game. Kachuk. Oh being a rat that I, well, I, would love that. Dirty. I don't like him <laughs> i don't like him one bit dude <laughs> uh, nothing would make me happier but i do think i do think though to an extent the espn has figured out that the nhl is growing rapidly and will be booming here soon uh but i don't think they understand just how much of like a money bag they've kind of stumbled upon because i mean we were talking about it before the show but the amount of young guys that have come in it's like the new era of phenoms that have come into the league and just 
put the absolute world on fire. Like, Dollar Bill Kirill, uh, as a rookie, and I get he played in the KHL, whatever. Uh, he's, he's playing fantastic, just had a hat trick. His nickname is Dollar Bill Kirill. Like, if that just doesn't scream superstar, I don't know what does. You got a guy in Connor McDavid who is a generational talent, almost equivalent to a guy like, maybe not Michael Jordan, but he could potentially be like the Michael Jordan of hockey if he plays his cards right, right up there with the greats and Lemieux and Gretzky. So uh, it's a perfect time for them to pick up like broadcast rights for that. Um, the And the the rise in popularity for the Michigan move, like, dude, uh, just the, the game is evolving so much right now and it's evolving towards stardom, right? So you got a guy in Austin Matthews who's lighting the league on fire, could possibly very well win the Rocket Richard, and he's just dripped out in every single scenario of his life. Uh, I don't think I've seen a guy with a better sense of style. Um, so it, all of those things encapsulated into one, I think it, this league has massive potential, and ESPN hopping on board right now uh, only promotes that further. I'm excited, dude. It's going to be, I mean, wa- watching you know like college basketball or anything on ESPN, the presentation is like half the fun. So I can't wait to see what they do with NHL games, whether it's, you know, going back to the roots and, and sort of sticking with that traditional style that everyone's so nostalgic for, or if they come out with something new and improved. Yeah, I, I, ESPN's got, got, got it under control. I mean, I don't love the love their lack of hockey coverage at the moment, but uh, that's, I guess, the one thing that they were lacking. So it's going to yep. be it's gonna be a fun few years, for sure. I'm expect, yep, I'm expecting them to figure it out. Um, and I'm expecting you to figure out that Locked on Blues is the best place to cover all of your Blues content. So make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever platform you're currently listening on. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at Locked on Blues. You can follow me on Twitter at 1215. You can follow Josh on Twitter at Josh Hyman NHL. And like we said, don't forget to follow us on Locker Room. Check out that app and hop in the chat room with us. Uh, ask us questions, maybe make it on a podcast soon. But we will see you guys next time. And as always, let's go Blues. Let's go.